A quick note at the top here. The topic of consideration here is a cat that was, sadly, killed. But our story is about that cat's enshrinement, how the deified cat got the last laugh, and how this interfaces with folk beliefs about supernatural cats. So please, friend, listen accordingly. Thank you. Hi friends, Nairi here. A word before the show. Friends, this work is my passion, and it is picking up. Articles, streams, podcast appearances, consults on documentaries, major progress on my manuscripts, next year an audiobook, and it merits my full attention. It is now my full-time job. But piecemeal freelance work is unpredictable and infrequent, and book royalties ebb as they have been recently. That's where you come in. Every little bit that you support here helps support me and keep me working for you. We're now at about $720 on the Patreon side, with lots of stretch goals ahead. Physical rewards start at $800, but if I got to $2,000 a month, I would be confident in my ability to support myself independently, housed, lights on, able to buy needed books, apps, and ad space, and make this my full-time focus for real. So if you enjoy my work, sign up today, patreon.com slash riversidewings. In a time when historical awareness is vitally critical to issues of current events, civic engagement, and more, your support will help me bring my professional training, plus my passion as someone who started out in fandom before academe, to the masses. So even as we read the novels, watch the movies, play the games, let's round out our appreciation of the real people, ideas, events, and more that go into making them. Let's understand where they fall short and better enjoy them where they soar. History is funnier, messier, stranger, more interconnected, and yes, gayer than you might have thought. So gather round. Let's explore and enjoy it together. Thanks again for your support. I love you all. And now, on with the show. This week on Friday Night History, The Cat Who Would Be God. This episode of Friday Night History was recorded before a live Twitch audience at twitch.tv slash riversidewings. Can you hear them cheering? Subscribe to catch future recording sessions, gaming streams, and more. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash riversidewings. Your support makes this all possible. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet. This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. Season 2, Episode 1. The Cat Who Would Be God. Once upon a time in Sendai, there lived at Oimawashi in the Kawauchi district, a samurai named Kusakari Masanojo. Masanojo had a beloved cat named Seinyo, who, like any cat, got up to her share of mischief. Next door to Masanojo's residence was the palatial estate of a senior date vassal, 
who evidence suggests was none other than Katakura Kojiro. This wasn't just a house, mind you. Picture, if you will, a walled compound instead on the land overlooking the Hirose River's west bank in the shadow of Mount Alba. Within this compound, the Katakura retainers would have kept the necessities of running their master's household, including chickens. And to a cat like Sinio, this was a very convenient hunting ground. Eventually, the Katakura houseman noticed that their chickens were going missing, and one of them must have caught Seinyo in the act, chasing her and striking her with wooden staves. They thought this would deter her, but it only delayed her return. You know how cats are. When she hunted and killed yet another chicken, one of the Katakura men barged into the Kusakari house and shot Seinyo while she basked peacefully in the sun. But deep breath, friends. The story doesn't end here, and I dare say, Samuel has the last laugh. Here's the problem for someone in Masano Jo's position. There was a huge gulf in status between the Kusakari and Katakura families in terms of standing in House Date of Sendai. Katakura was a family of means. It had income and status enough that it was indistinguishable from some small-time daimyo families. Kusakari, by contrast, was an umanori, entitled to a horse, so certainly not a basic foot soldier, but not a daimyo-like senior vassal with castle like Katakura. In other words, a vast difference in status, meaning there wasn't anything Masanojo could do in response to the Katakura houseman shooting his cat. Crushed by grief and unable to complain to anyone, Masanojo enshrined his cat in a nekozuka, a cat mound. Today, that cat mound stands at Saishoin Temple in Sendai's Wakabayashi Ward. But wait, the story doesn't end here either, because cats aren't ordinary animals in Japanese folklore, and for his violent action against her, Katakura put himself at risk for divine retribution. Before we talk about that, though, we have to back up for a second and talk about enshrinement and a couple other things. The enshrinement of a spirit, human or otherwise, is seen as helping to pacify that spirit, especially if it's restless and angry. A particularly A-list famous case of this is the enshrinement of the court noble Sugawara no Michizane, who died in exile in Kyushu and whose angry spirit was believed to be causing natural disasters and the illness of high government officials in Kyoto. His spirit was pacified by enshrining him as a kami, and thus... He became the kami of literature, worshipped to the present as the deity Tenjin-sama. With cats in Japanese folklore, you have the added layer of cats being animals that had a connection to the supernatural. Indeed, there is an entire category of beings called kaibyo, specifically supernatural cats of various kinds. The most famous kaibyo is the manekineko, the cat with the beckoning hand. But there are other kinds too, like the shape-shifting two-tailed nekomata. By enshrining Senyo, Masanajo ensured that his beloved cat's spirit would be appeased and indeed become a benevolent force. The monument, which still stands at Saishoin, had a carved image of Senyo, with eyes originally painted gold and a collar originally painted in red. In bold characters, the stone is inscribed with the phrase Nekozuga, Cat Mound. 
This isn't out of sorts at all in Greater Sendai and the Tohoku region. There are, in fact, many monuments and statues, and even shrines, to cats as supernatural guardians. But the trouble was that the Katakura remained unpunished. In the early 1860s, a later visitor to the Cat Mountain found that the monks of the temple were reticent to talk in detail about the incident. At least one version of the story in writing has the name of the offending retainer, i.e. Katakura, crossed out. The idea was that by omitting mention of his name, they were preventing him from getting targeted by Senyo's pacified but understandably still irritated spirit at having been harmed. Bear in mind the concept of Kotodama, which I've mentioned on this podcast and during live streams several times before, which argues that words have spirit and power, and to invoke the name of someone or something is to call the attention of the universe to them. The Katakura family was still very much around and very much prominent in date politics of the 1860s. This would have been during the headship of Katakura Kagenori, alias Katakura Kojuro Twelfth who led the family's forces during the Boshin War. It was at this time that the Katakura Castle, Shiroishi, became the headquarters of the Northern Alliance. The carved image of Senyo had, by that time, lost most of its paint, but the stone stood unmoved, as it does today. Inasmuch as the monks of Saishoin were reticent to talk directly about the powerful family whose actions were intimately tied to the history of that stone, they did offer some of the earliest confirmation of the story. And it's thanks to them that we have some of these things in writing at all. Of course, with Sendai Domain's defeat during the Boshin War, there wasn't just a dramatic political realignment, but also a realignment of neighborhoods and other urban spaces in Sendai itself. The Domain, for a few years that it continued to exist had a significant portion of its territory confiscated by the new imperial government and therefore the incomes of all retainers were slashed. This is what led many former Date vassals to go north to take part in the colonization of Hokkaido, which was continuing apace at the time. The old estates that used to encircle the foot of Mount Alba were either repurposed or demolished outright. Some of them became part of the 2nd Infantry Division headquarters Others were appropriated by the new prefectural government, but many more were demolished, sooner or later. One of them was, as it turns out, the Katakura estate. I walked right through the footprint of Katakura's former estate in 2005. It's now the site of the Sendai City Museum. Saishoin Temple, though, still stands, as does the monument to one little cat who just wanted to sleep in the sun. I think she got the last laugh. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalyan. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you to support Friday Night History and the rest of my work. Sign up today at patreon.com slash riversidewings 
or subscribe at twitch.tv slash riversidewings and catch gaming, historical banter, and episode recordings. You can find my audio fiction and other short work for sale at riversidewings.itch.io and check out my novel at bit.ly slash ebook. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, Kashikobuchi, a yokai, the Hirose River, and a strange convergence with real-world higher education in central Sendai. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around. <laughs>